Shall we begin? Let's begin now. All right, folks, welcome to a brand new episode of the Frankly Francisco podcast. I am your host, Francisco. And we have back in the chair, Nate Ortiz, man. Nate, thanks for coming back on the show, man. We appreciate you. We had some fun, you know, some good dialogue uh, two weeks ago. Um, and I'm glad to have you back in the chair. This one, this, today we're going to have a little fun, though. We're going to get into some sports, man, because you and I are diehard, I mean, diehard sports fans, man. Obviously, you rocking the Browns hat. And me, I'm a diehard Giants fan. But, you know, I lived in Cleveland for, you know, 20 plus years. So, you know, I root for the Brownies as long as they're not playing my squad. So it's good to have you back in the chair, man. How you been doing? I'm good, man. Good. Just chilling, enjoying life, and uh, just trying to maintain, man. Just, like I said, just sports is, this is a topic, you know, it's near and dear to my heart, man. I just, uh, you know, I, I kind of base my whole life on a sports calendar. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even look at the, the months. I'm like, okay, when is spring training start? Okay, that's my clock. <laughs> that's my internal clock right there. Like, okay, spring training's coming. Now I know baseball season starting when fall coming up football season is about to be fall. So that's how I, I dictate my life, man, off of sports. Everything is just surrounds, surrounds that. That's all I've been raised to, to think about. So what sports are you actually into besides, obviously, besides football, professional football? What are the, what are the main sports that keeps you to your interest peak? I mean, I, I do like pretty much every, I mean, I, I love football, love baseball, basketball. I enjoy to watch. Um, I used to play, obviously I'm only five, five. So that my basketball career was cut short when I was born, <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, uh, basketball, I'm not into the hockey game. I never could. Um, part of my nationality is Brazilian. My mother's, my grandmother's from Brazil. My mother's 50% Brazilian or born in Brazil. And so I, you know, soccer, I get into it around the world cup, you know what I'm saying? So I start watching it then and, uh, MMA, huge huge mma fan yeah, I, I love me some mma too though yeah no nah, i mean i was i was in the mma game back in the ufc one you know what i'm saying when there's no rules pulling hair the only thing you couldn't do is growing punch and eye gouge like everything else was legal <laughs> no biting hey, hey i was watching mma when when tank you remember tank when tank oh, was yeah. fighting that's when i was watching mma back in those days you know yeah. uh, i watched it with the gracies too but um it's evolved but let's talk some browns man let's talk some yeah. browns so what do you think about the season that just passed, man? Man, talk about just uh just heaven. That was the that was the the most enjoyable football season I had probably in my or it was in my entire adult life, man. Just being able to watch us and, and be successful and do it in a way that, you know what I'm saying? We weren't just being, you know, when that one year we were we had a winning season, I think, with uh God, what was that coach's name? The the he was a Belichick uh protege. Mangini, Mangini, yeah, 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 Mangini. We won a couple games that year too. Uh, with Colt McCoy as QB, you know what I'm saying? But everything was like gimmicky trick plays. We had Cribs running the Wildcat and all that stuff. But this year it was like a legitimate offense, legitimate scheme. You know, we got a coach in there now. I think is is perfect for us. So I mean, God, I mean, what was not to enjoy? I mean, the way it ended was a little sour, but hey, man, we we took on the you know, defending, well, ex-defending Super Bowl champs, you know, punched them in the mouth, could have won that game. But it was great, man. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun. Definitely so, a lot of fun. I think, honestly, your season turned around to me when Odell went out. And a lot of people, a lot of people around the league say the same thing. A lot of sportscasters say the same thing. They say that they came together 
when Odell went out with that injury. Trust me, we all know about Odell. He was a Giants for quite a few years and yeah, you know yeah. the kind of drama that he can bring. But uh, what do you think about that, the fact that he went out and you guys gelled? I mean, I don't want to say it's a false narrative. I think, because I, I, I'm an OBJ fan. I got an OBJ jersey and all that. And I think you can never have too much talent on the team. Now, give me, don't get me wrong, the headache stuff. But I think everybody's a diva somewhere. I don't think we got better. I think what happened was, I think it forced uh, it forced our quarterback. Yeah, it's like I'm losing his name right now. I don't know why I'm losing his name all of a sudden. Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield. Like, why am I forgetting <laughs> that? Yeah, uh, I think Baker Mayfield got more comfortable. I think he was, you know, running the ball more. The coach, you know, he wasn't forcing it. And, and it was obvious. He was trying to force it to OBJ. He was trying to get him in the game. So I think once he let, when he was out of the game, now his number one target really was uh, Higgins. Higgins was his boy. He had a ton of chemistry with Higgins. So I think once he got comfortable just running the offense, not having to try to force it downfield to OBJ, then I think he he, he gelled a little bit. I think if he would have stayed with him, had a full you know um, preseason, offseason, uh, training camp with COVID shortening everything, I think he would have been a little – I think we would have been better. I think this year if he's there for training camp and we got a whole – you know, uh, summer camp, everything, you know, a preseason with them. I think people will see what, what kind of difference he makes because he's huge, man. Dude, he's a weapon, man. You can't take a weapon off the field and think you better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, yeah. This is not possible. But I got to give you a rebuttal on that. You can't have too much talent on a team. You can't because if you remember back in, uh, I forget how long ago, Washington was, uh, not Washington, uh, Philadelphia had Philadelphia, a year that yeah. was stacked and they didn't even make the playoffs. They were like five and 11. It was terrible. Right, like right. And they had like they had everybody. Everybody came to sign with Philly. They thought that was going. They were going to make the ultimate Super Bowl run, and they fell flat on their face. So you can have too much talent on a team and then not be successful. Um, I like Odell. I've always liked Odell. I think the Giants should have kept Odell, but I understand why they dealt him. Um, at the end of the day, uh, I think it took years off of Eli, um, off of Eli's career. He could have had some more runs in him. Um, honestly, I'm. I, listen, the same way that you're a Browns fan, diehard Browns fan, and you will root for the Browns. I am an Eli backer, point blank, period. He's the only dude to beat Brady, the GOAT. The GOAT now, right. okay, <laughs> twice. Not once, twice. And he did it in last-minute drives to win the game. Everybody want to say it was the defense. The defense ain't the one that threw the touchdowns. It was Eli that threw the touchdowns. The defense got you there, but Eli still had to win the game. And to this day, this man don't get the respect that he need. Top, top 10 in every category in the NFL history. Top 10. Two Super Bowl wins, two Super Bowl MVPs. You understand? Yeah. And I think Baker, I think Baker is getting his uh, fair share of flack too. Cause, but see, when Baker came in the league, he was cocky. You know, he came out of Oklahoma. You know what I mean? Standing on the Ohio State, you know, uh, middle of the field. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Being Mister Grabbing His Crotch Guy. You know what I'm saying? So, but I think he's matured a bit under uh, oh, Stefanski. Yeah, he's matured, uh, um, matured under Stefanski enough where you can so you can see what he can do. You give him enough time to do what he has to do. He can beat you with his arms and his legs. But my thing is, I don't think they used um, their wide receivers enough um, because I think Maker gets in this thing where he's just throwing to one person. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, like I said, well, the, the talent thing, what I meant is like, because when I say you can't have too much talent, it's because look what happened with like Miles and stuff. Everybody's like before the season starts, every fan is like they look at it as that that paper that you know on paper like oh we got Miles Garrett, we got Olivia Vern, we got one of the best defensive front lines, and all it takes is boom a, a, a 
torn Achilles or whatever. You know what I'm saying? We had Delpit supposed to come in and help out. Tore Achilles in, in, in training camp. We had another defensive uh, guy, Greedy. Greedy was supposed to be our second corner. Now look at our defense. Our defense was trash because we had star, supposed stars in these certain positions, and we lost them. We had nobody to fill the, fill the role. Luckily, we had depth at wide receiver. So what I mean is, like, is you always got to have talent because you can't just – I mean, Baker goes down, that's the season. You know what I'm saying? We lost Chubb a little bit. We had Kareem Hunt. So, you know – those kind of things, you got to have talent as far as like your, your backups and stuff like that. Cause you can never count on somebody to be healthy a full season. But what you were saying though about Eli though, I think I, I agree with you, man. Eli is so underrated. And I think it's two things Two, He came up in the Brady era with, with all the, you know, Super Bowls and all the shine he was getting. Plus you got his brother Peyton who was, you know, had all the shine and everything like that. So he had these two big shadows kind of you know overwhelming him. So anything he did was never going to live up to what they did unless he was, you know, putting up stupid gaudy numbers. But that wasn't the system he was in. That wasn't what was asked of him. You know, he was in there to, to run an offense, and he did what he did. And he was good. I mean, he wasn't a shabby quarterback, you know what I'm saying? But he's always going to be overlooked because of those two big shadows, I think, you know, kind of hovering over him. Yeah, but, I, I mean, at the end of the day, man, the proof is in the pudding. You know, I think they would have won the um, – they would have won a back-to-back Super Bowl if it wasn't for – uh, Plastico shooting himself yeah. in the leg. I mean, they went 12 and four that season and they, I mean, they have one of the best records in the NFL. And I mean, once Plasco went down, it was a wrap. They couldn't get, and then you had the boat game. You know what I mean? You remember the boat game, right? You had OBJ, you had um, Victor Cruz, you had Shep. They all went to uh, uh, a Miami cruise uh, the day before the <laughs> big are. game. And then Odell couldn't catch anything the next game. Cruz couldn't catch. They dropped touchdowns left and right. I mean, it, you know, that was a chance for Eli to get back to the Super Bowl, and they blew the opportunity for him. Uh, I think maturity is another thing. I, Odell, I've been seeing a lot of his tweets, a lot of his, you know, him coming out saying he's going to prove himself. He's going to come back 100% stronger. This ain't the first time he's done that, though. It's not the first time he said those same things, and he's fallen, you know, he's fallen flat in his face every single time he said that. I love, I love him to death, man. And, but like I said, I even – Saw that I took it with a grain of salt. Like my friend texted me that post to him training on a treadmill, talking about how he's gonna come back and stuff. I said, Yeah, okay. I was like, <laughs> I was like, you make it through preseason and training camp, and you get you make it through a couple games, then then start talking. But I don't you you the number one MVP in the recovery game. You know what I'm saying? If if getting back from reco- injury, recovering from injury was a sport, you'd be the MVP, bro. <laughs> That's what you do. You come back from injuries like nobody else. <laughs> So what do you think? What do you think they're gonna do this year with the? I mean, they're two-headed monster at running games, man. It's ridiculous, man. I don't yeah. think I don't think Chubb gets enough credit for the, the type of monster he is on the field, man. And then um, you got Hunt, uh, who's a local. You know, Hunt's from Ohio. You know what I mean? I mean, he he messed up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, he's tried to redeem himself since that point. But that boy can ball, man. They they oh, both yeah. can ball, man. And I don't I, I don't think there's anybody in the league that can really stop them, man. I think the Kansas City Chiefs game. That they lost, the referees had more to do with that than the oh, actual, yeah. than them actually losing that game, man. Yeah, that that's like I said, that left a sour taste in my mouth. Like it's one thing to get just beat; it's another when like that head-to-head collision at halftime, fumble out of bounds or fumble through the back of the end zone. That's a huge, huge game changer right there. Some pass interference calls late in the game that were kind of sketchy. And I'm just like, you know, it it, it it's uh, like trust me, I think. Coming into this year, like you said, Hunt Hunt's a beast. I think Hunt is a monster. Like it's hard to say. Like if somebody asked, they ask me all the time, if you could only keep Hunt or Chubb, which one would you keep? 
I'm more leaning to Hunt just because he's, I mean, don't get me wrong, Chubb, Chubb can catch the ball. I know people, Chubb can catch the ball, but Hunt, man, he can do everything. He can run, he can catch, he can block. I mean, that dude do it all. And Chubb is the more natural runner, but I just, I mean, look at that that, that Kansas City game, man. When Chubb, Hunt was running with authority, man, that boy, he going to get you four or five yards of carry no matter what. I don't know, man. Chubb been destroying the league since he got in the league, man. He's oh, a second he round pick. I mean, that he's been putting up numbers, man. I don't know. I think I would rather have Chubb over over Hunt. It's like right now, like for me, I would have Saquon over both of them. You know what yeah. I mean? But Saquon's hurt right now. I mean, to me, Saquon's one of the best running backs in the league, if not the best running back in the league right now. I mean, even him being hurt when he comes back, I think at full strength, he's gonna put up numbers. You saw what he can do when he's oh, healthy. Yeah. No, I mean, my only issue is, is the Giants uh, are wearing him down by not giving him an offensive line that he needs to do the things they need to do. Daniel Jones, for example, man, people, a lot of people are still sore at uh, at Baker for making those comments that he made about Daniel Jones. Um, but Baker really hasn't pro- proven anything himself. Don't get me wrong. I like Daniel Jones. Do I think he's the next Eli? No. Do I think he can be a serviceable quarterback? Yes. But this is New York City, man. This is New York. This is the Giants. You can't have a serviceable quarterback. You have to have somebody that's going to take you to win rings. You know what I mean? And I think Baker has that personality where he can help to get you to, to strive that. I've seen, what, three Super Bowls in my – four Super Bowls in my lifetime. The Giants Super Bowls, all four of the Giants. Cleveland ain't seen one since, um, since back, what, 60, 69? What year it was it? A, it wasn't even a Super Bowl. It was the the like the comp, like the national championship game. Or whatever. Yeah, 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 that, yeah, yeah. I want to say the ah uh, man, don't know. Jim don't Brown, know just idea. say the Jim Brown. It was a Jim yeah, Brown Jim era. Brown era, late fifties, early sixties, something like that. But sports <laughs> is changing in Cleveland, though. Uh, you know, it changed once LeBron got there, um, yeah. and brought a title to the city. But I tell everybody all the time, a Brown Super Bowl win, they shut the city down for three days because they the 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 fans would burn down everything. You'd have, it'd be, you know, it'd be the mistake on the lake all over again. They'd set the lake on fire. I mean, it'd be, they'd be, you see burning couches, you know, you know, that's a big thing in Ohio where, if, you know, they win championship, they burn couches. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know why it's kind of ridiculous. This must be a Midwest thing or something. I, I, I guess it, man. they'll be, well, I'll, you got, look at Montreal when they went tight in Canada, they'd be flipping cars all the time over there when they'd be winning championships. I think it's the same. It's it's crazy. I think they would shut the city down, bro, if the Browns ever won actual Super Bowl. Like, I think that would be the highest viewed Super Bowl of all time if 100%. the Browns played. Yeah. I mean, our, the fan base is ridiculous, man. Like I said, I, I kind of, you know, it's funny that I became a Browns fan because my, my grandfather was a Pittsburgh fan. Now, he, he was, you know, Arabic dude from Jordan. You know what I'm saying? He came over to America. He, you know, they came over. I think they came to New York to Cleveland. But when he came in in the 70s, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers was the, you know what I'm saying? They was the team. Steel Curtain. So he, yeah. So he picked up on the, the Steelers. You know what I'm saying? And all my whole life, man, my, my grandfather watching him root for the Steelers. It was crazy, you know? And then, like I said, it's that pride thing. I remember last time we talked. It's just that like Cleveland pride, man, to me is everything, man. Like I, I represent my city to the fullest, no matter what, no good or bad, you know what I'm saying? But um, no, nah, I mean, Cleveland sports in general, I think you're right. LeBron, don't get me started on LeBron. I ain't, I ain't me and LeBron, ain't the, the, I ain't the best LeBron James fan. Because like I said, I, res- I represent the, the name on the front. I don't represent, I don't root for the, the, the name on the back. But um, growing up in the 90s here, the baseball scene was amazing, man. I mean, we had that sellout record. 
I mean, I used to rock the Indians jerseys with the the three face at Lofton and Ramirez and, and Albert Bell. And I mean, that was fun. And I think now I think we're starting to get that fun. Downtown is, is booming now. I think um, just it's, it just seems like a better environment for sports in Cleveland in general. I mean, our team, our Cavs are terrible again. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that ain't, that's always going to be up and down. But um, but as far as uh, baseball and football, you know, we, we still always up in the top. So. But honestly, man, I think 2016 has to go down as one of the greatest sports years ever. Yeah. And 216, man. That's ever. how it is. It's a 216 year. You won an NBA championship. Okay. Um, you had the, the Indians maybe two outs away, two outs away from a, a World yeah. Series. Um it's it's crazy. It's crazy. And then you had Stipe, Stipe won the UFC championship. Um, and then you had the what do they call themselves now? They were they were the Lake Erie Monsters, they're just like the Cleveland Monsters uh, now, right? Yeah, it was like the the lower lower uh, hockey league, I forget what they call it. And then you had them win the A the IFL championship um at that time or AFL, whatever it was, uh, that it was like one of the greatest sports years ever in the city's history. Like, at least your squad won a title, you know, in 2000. Like, my Knicks haven't won anything since the 70s, but I wasn't even born the last time the Knicks won a title, bro. <laughs> like, and I'm 41 years old, so I've been suffering Knicks fan forever and a day, man. Like, I thought their best chance to win a title wasn't even in, in 93 when they went, well, they, it was 93 when they played the, uh, not 93, I'm sorry, it was 94 um, when they played the, uh, the Rockets, and they went to Game Seven, and they shouldn't have gone to Game Seven. I mean, don't get me get me started on Starks, but uh, and then you had uh, the Yankees. I had the Yankees to fall on, and the Giants to fall on. You know, ever since even the Rangers won the title, you know, in '94. So, but as far as uh, suffering, Nick fan, man, Nick fans have been suffering forever and a day. At least you guys finally got a ring um, that the city's been longing for. But I think Cleveland has the longest uh, <laughs> drought for winning a baseball world series, I think in the league right yeah, now. No. Yeah, it was right? us and the Cubs. Yeah, it was gonna come down to one of us, us for the Cubs. And I my, I was salty, man. My brother was there. He was at the at the well it called the Jacob Field. It was a progressive field. Um on the last game that game seven. And um I thought it was gonna happen, man. I thought it was gonna we was gonna break it. And you know what's sad is though, because you from Cleveland, because we Chicago and Cleveland kind of had that curse together. I rooted for the Cubs when I was younger. You know what I'm saying? I was a big Sammy Sosa fan. He was like my favorite baseball player growing up. Um, and then, uh, you know, I was like, that's my NL team. <laughs> I got my AL team, the Cleveland Indians. And, and, you know, when it when it happened, I'm just like, oh, man, this is crazy. I got my NL team. Going. Of course, I'm rooting for Cleveland 100%. But, yeah, not, you know, you break that. They broke that curse. And I, I don't know, man, it's going to be tough. Baseball is always, you know, baseball, I think, is is like basketball. You know, it's a seven-game series. It's NFL, you know, you go to the Super Bowl, anything can happen. You know, either team can win. Like you said, your Patriots and Giants is a perfect example. They was underdogs, crazy underdogs, undefeated. Patriots coming in there about to just roll them. That's what everybody said. They went through the wild card and, boom, took them out. You know, baseball, you got to win seven. You got to win best of seven. You know what I'm saying? So, really seeing – I guess who the better team is, I, I would say. You know what I'm saying? But I think that rain delay hurt him, though. I oh, think yeah. that rain delay hurt him. That, no, that we had the electricity, the momentum going. Yeah, that rain delay screwed everything. You, you like, even had the Cavs. The Cavs were in the stands, too. They were, you know, rooting for the for the Indians yeah. to win as well. I mean, it was electric. So, you know, I, I, I'm from New York originally. 
uh, moved to Cleveland. I was in Cleveland for over 20 years, man. So I can't say that I don't root for the, any of the Cleveland teams because I do. I love the Browns. I love the Indians. I love the Cavs. You know what I'm saying? I'm a huge Ohio State fan. As long as they're not playing any of my New York teams. My college team is Syracuse, even though they've been trash for a little bit now when it comes <laughs> to football. You know, I'm a huge Yankees fan. I, you know, I, I bleed pinstripes. You know what I mean? Um, a Giants fan, huge Giants fan. Love my Rangers. You know what I mean? So I represent both. I, and I, I take pride in that. I can say I can say I represent both cities because I do. Um, I can say that because I spent a majority of my life in Cleveland. Right. You, you, I can say to myself, I'm allowed to root for two teams as long as they're not clashing with each other. Um, but I don't think Cleveland gets enough respect for the city that's becoming and things that has changed. Because these sportcasters, let's let's just switch gears into this, man. Like people like Stephen A. Smith, man. They the, and Skip Bayless, man. Colin these guys, Cowherd. Colin yeah. Cowherd. These guys, they have such a vendetta against the city of Cleveland, man. It kills me. Like you talk so much trash about the city. Oh, oh, you were mad because you couldn't go. You had to come to Cleveland for the NBA Finals. So what? You had to come to Cleveland for the NBA Finals. Right. It's LeBron James. You had to come to the NBA Finals four years in a row because they went to the Finals four years in a row. Yeah. Like, you're like you were really rooting against them because they went they went back to back to back Finals and you had to you had to come here and, and endure Cleveland. Let me tell you something, folks. Cleveland has has done an about face about what it was back in '94. They started doing the change with the Indians' new stadium down there. It went from Jacobs Field to Progressive Field. Is it still Progressive Field now? Or they yeah, it? yeah. It's progressive. To, to progressive field. You had the new Brown stadium that was built downtown. It was beautiful. It was state of the art when it was built. I think now they did a bunch of renovations in the stadium as well uh, for the upkeep. We have, you know, Cleveland had, and I'm saying we, like I'm still living there. I'm in South Carolina now, folks, but I still refer, you know, as we, um, the theater district downtown is, is the second largest theater district in the country right now. It used to be Chicago, but now it's Cleveland. And obviously New York is number one. So the culture is there, man. We have, they have, we, there we go with the, we again, they have great uh, museums, you know what I mean? They have uh, great cultural icons that are there. People like Jim Brown, you know, uh, that play for the Browns. You know what I mean? LeBron There's James. There's a ton of history. There's a ton Cleveland of history. Is a, is a, is a, I mean, you go back to Jesse Owens from, from Ohio, you know what I'm saying? You go, There's so many different things that you can think about that, that people don't realize, like the rock and roll, you know what I'm saying? The reason the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is in Cleveland is because they say it's the birthplace of rock and roll. I mean, it, it, it's it's hilarious. We talk about fan bases and stuff. I mean, like you said about these 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 talking heads on TV and stuff like that, because the narrative is never about the sports teams when you look at it. They always bring up the past. They always bring up how downtrodden our city is and how lovable losers and everything like that. And I think they just it's just an easy target for them. So they that that's what it's lazy to me. Like those people, those those commentators are just lazy they're like okay we got to talk about cleveland because they're good now in sports but we're going to talk about how the city's so cold and nobody wants to come there and like that's all Stephen a was talking about like oh man you know i'm in cleveland it's cold and gloomy and we're like okay so what, what does that mean like you soft like you from philly ain't you ain't you from like you know what i'm saying you come from the I same think he from like area. philly or washington one of the two something I like think- yeah like east coast like down in gutter city like we is you know what i'm saying and then you got, you know, people like Cowherd. I think, yeah, I mean, man, I can go on for days. Like I said, Cowherd is personal beef. That's just personal. Well, Cow, Cow, to me, Cowherd is, is, I mean, Cowherd gets paid the, he is, he's essentially, a, he's essentially a Skip Bayless. Him and Skip Bayless are, are in the same, man. 
I mean, yeah. I never met, I met a guy who contradicts himself so much when he's talking, man. Like Kyle Hurd and Skip Bellis, them dudes are trash. Everybody one minute, and then the next minute they're praising him. You understand where I'm coming from? Uh, Stephen A is the same way. This guy gets paid 10, bro, he gets paid 10, and, and all power to him, man. I'm happy. He's making his guap. He earns it. The dude's on TV all the time. Like, even when he's on vacation, he's still posting stuff on, on, um, on Twitter. You know what I mean? If there's breaking news, he always gets on. Don't get me wrong. He's, his work ethic is incredible. He puts in the time and the effort to do things he needs. He deserves what he's getting because he's gotten to that point. But man, this dude just, he contradicts himself all the time when he's talking. Like one minute he's talking big and tough, like he, uh, like he, some big, you know, some big tough dude. Like, but then when somebody comes and corrects him, you know what I'm saying? He, you know, they all, they, that's what they always do. They shrink down into their little box. You know what I mean? When he was trash talking Kevin Durant for doing the jump. I mean, even though everybody was trash talking him and then he turned around and changed the narrative because he had to talk with Durant's mom. Why? You had to talk with Durant. What did they have to do with the, with the narrative? The narrative was he left to go to a super team because he did. When LeBron did that, LeBron didn't leave to go to a super team. He went to a team that didn't even make the playoffs the year before. You get what I'm saying? They didn't have any, any talent on that team. He brought the talent with him. Do you understand where I'm coming from? No, it's this, different. This dude went to a team that had already superstars established and won a title. So everything was lined up for him to do that. So I don't like when, when Stephen A and Skip Bellis, they contradict themselves and then Cowherd, man, that dude, that dude aggravates my soul, Jesus man. He wow. has such a vendetta against Baker, man. Did you see when Baker said that he might have thought he saw aliens and then Cowherd was over there yeah. just running his jaw like he I'm always like does? I like my quarterback scene. Like, dude, who cares what you like, your quarterback? Like, I forget who his team is. I forget, I forget who he roots for. But um, it was it was something about that. You know what I'm saying? Just but like, you, he ain't got see, no loyalty. Did you see Brady's response, though? Oh yeah, yeah, Brady's yeah, response. Yeah, Brady responded, "How do you know I haven't seen any UFC?" You right. know what I mean? It's it's amazing. No, he man. got he he saw it because Baker came on his show and checked him and on on live TV. You know what I'm saying? On millions of people watching, and Baker checked him on his show for you know all the things that he was like saying. And, and kudos to Baker for being brave enough to go on there and say, "Okay, you pointed these things out about me, but what about this? Well, what about you talking about me being?" reckless this and you know this type of person but what do you know i do you know what i'm saying so i think that's really what it boils down to cowherd got checked on his own show you gonna forever have a vendetta against baker so then that means he's gonna have a vendetta against cleveland with Stephen a Stephen a got a vendetta against baker too he talks so much trash about this dude he's not the guy he hasn't shown me anything and then steve and then steve what kills me about Stephen a is Stephen a it has no loyalty either either he's a steelers fan Okay, he still he or he's a Giants fan, you know what I mean? He can't make up his mind on on it's whoever's winning at the time is who's gonna root for. You understand where I'm coming from? Like it's like if the I already told you this, I'm a huge Giants fan, but I also root for the the Browns. But I'm gonna tell you right now, if the Browns and the Giants were playing the Super Bowl, I'm rooting for the Giants. There's no there's no going back and forth about it. You understand where I'm coming from? Because I'm lord of my team at the end of the day. Stephen A ain't got no loyalty when it comes to his stuff. He's supposed to be objective. When it comes to his uh, his reporting, but he's not. You can say you can see the fan come out of him, especially when Roethlisberger was talking about leaving and he was talking trash. And at one minute about him, he's not the man anymore. Maybe it's time for him to retire. And then all of a sudden, oh well, they have no other options. They have to do, <coughs> they have to uh, go with Roethlisberger because there's nobody else there to help him out. You know what I mean? There's yeah. no. It wasn't Roethlisberger's fault. He, he Roethlisberger can't throw on the field anymore, man. You understand where I'm from? So I hate when he sport cat. Well, I, I wouldn't. I just say hate. I dislike when these sportscasters run their... They get paid to run their mouth, though. I mean, it's yeah, a cushy gig. 
It's a cushy gig. I, I can't I can't fault him, but I mean, like I said, I, I I'll never like I'll never like hang on the word of you know what I'm saying, Steven, any of those anybody, you know what I'm saying? Cause you know, they just putting on a show. It, it's become a show now, you know what I'm saying? They have to they have to keep people's attention. So instead of it giving you information and giving you their point of view, they, they call them shock jockeys for you know what I'm saying. They basically trying to put out there just the, the next uh hot topic not what do they call it? it's not a hot topic or whatever but whatever's the, in the, the moment whatever's in the moment yeah with the next right, you know, thing, yeah. yeah so now you know now that people going to click on that you know what i'm saying they want a little thing to pop up on ESPN Stephen A says da 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 they want you to click on it so that that's really all it's become so it's not even about sports or, or being analytical about things anymore now it's just who can be the most outrageous and say the most outrageous thing to get the most people riled up and watch? It's like M- it's like MTV. Remember MTV? MTV used to be all about music when it first came out. Where do you yeah. see music on MTV at now? Ain't about music anymore. It's about reality shows. Yeah. Like it's just the same thing with ESPN. That's why everybody's jumping ship at ESPN. That's why people are getting fired left and right at ESPN. They can't. Yeah. They're letting people go because people are stopping watching ESPN. I mean, it's just factual. You know, I listen to I listen to a lot bunch of guys on on the radio. Clay Travis, over at Fox, uh, he's a buffoon sometimes. He really is because he talks out the side of his mouth as well. But he makes a lot of valid points when he talks about certain things when it comes to sports. Um, but he's a buffoon when he talks sometimes. Uh, these guys get paid to say outrageous things, man. Like you said, and I think sometimes people get turned off by that. But a lot of people keep looking in and keep viewing the stuff over and over again because they bring people in. You know. I think they get people angry on purpose. And, and I think that's that's the, what they have to do. They have to get people angry on purpose to keep them interested in what's going on in the world of sports. I would never, I mean, I don't, I don't watch. Like people are like, well, if you don't like what they say or you don't like, don't watch. I don't, <laughs> I don't watch these shows anymore because I got to the point where I like, I listen to them along and I'm like, this, this is crazy. I'm like, why am I watching this stuff? Why am I listening to this dude? But then it is like there's social media. There's so many different things. You know what I'm saying? They bring it up in so many outlets that, you can't get away from. I go on Facebook, and you know I'm a Browns fan, so the Browns feed things come on there, and it'll say, you know, Kyle Hurst says this about Baker, so of course I have to see what it is because it's right there in my face. Or they'll talk about it on the local sports stations that I listen to. So it's one of those things where you can't completely get yourself out of it. You know, you can't, you know, put yourself in a bubble and say forget about it. But also, I like to, I do, I like to hear opinions of people I don't agree with because. That's just how I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you just one side, if you only listen to people that you agree with, you ain't never going to learn nothing. So I listen to they, they stuff here and there. But for the most part, it just it's just nonsense. I mean, it is, it's just it's just acting. It's just all it is. It ain't giving news. It's just them giving a, you know, prepared, you know, uh, speeches that are they're, they're just going to get people riled up. So. Oh, yeah, they got prep time. They got to, I mean, they're in two hours before the show starts so they can sit there and pick the topics they need to pick, like Max Kellerman, that dude. I mean, he's good at boxing. I, don't get me wrong, he's one of the best minds when it comes to boxing. He's been doing it forever. You know what I mean? I've, I've watched him all the time when I used to watch fights on uh, HBO, um, and he used to be uh, the ringside announcer, uh, you know, for the fights. Man, but some of the topics he'd be bringing up and sometimes he'd be trying to talk about stuff he don't know nothing about. So there was an <laughs> yeah. article. There was an article um, that said that ESPN wanted to try to bring Skip Bayless back um, to ESPN. So that tells me they were getting tired of Max. I mean, they they it wasn't working anymore. If you're trying to bring Skip Bayless back, and you, you were going to bring him back for reason to team him up with with Stephen A. Smith, you know what yeah. I mean? That's fire and ice. You know what I mean? So Max, 
if Max Kellerman was smart, he'd see the writing on the wall. You know what I mean? They were trying to essentially replace him with the old guy. You know, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah. Skip Bayless decided I'm going to sign a four-year contract and stay with uh with uh, Fox, uh, Fox Sports. Yeah. I said FS1. I forget. Is it FS1? I don't even know what it is. But yeah, Fox yeah. Sports. Yeah, Fox Sports. They just uh, closed the abbreviation on that. So your sports acumen, where did you get, where did you pick it up from? Yeah, I mean, you know, my father, definitely. My father's a huge, huge influence. He had, you know, me and my three brothers. So it was four boys in the house. Um, my father played sports. His brother played sports. So a lot of my uncles were, were big into sports and stuff. So, I mean, he was, he was, he, I got, you know, people say you shouldn't say, but he was more of a coach than he was a dad, I guess you could say growing up, you know what I'm saying? He was more, you know, teach you lessons and stuff like that in a, in a, in a sports analogy than he would, you know what I'm saying? Giving you nuggets of life, <laughs> you know, as a dad would, but um, no, nah, man, I mean, I, I did everything. I played sports all through elementary school, up through high school. Uh, you know, I wrestled, did football, baseball, um, I mean, really, that was it. I mean, the competition in my house was crazy. You know, I, unfortunately, I didn't, I didn't hit the genetic uh, lottery. You know what I'm saying? My three brothers, they got the the height and the speed and the size and everything. So all three of them played football in college. Uh, my youngest brother, he's a freaking superstar in the city of Cleveland. Period. I mean, you can't go anywhere and say his name, Shaq, Shaq Washington. I so mean, Shaq, that, did Shaq play for us? Wasn't he like, I mean, Cincinnati. Shaq set records in Cincinnati, didn't he? He was like yeah, the, yeah. the man there. No, nah, he first, he won the, he went to two back-to-back state championships in, in high school football for Maple. Uh, my mom, my Maple Heights. And then uh, he won one, lost one. He came back, got his revenge, won it. Then he went to Cincinnati. Um, he's a little smaller to be a quarterback there, but he was a receiver. Broke all of Cincinnati's receiver records and things like that, and he's a, he's a short guy. I mean, he's only five nine, five eight, five nine. Um, but I mean, they even put him in a QB in a bowl game when the QB went down. The coach had enough uh, confidence in him to play him at quarterback. You know what I'm saying? They scored a couple times. So I mean, he's a freak. You know what I'm saying? My brother, thankfully, you know he didn't make it all the way. I think you know my family. You know, my father, he's kind of just the way things have been happening with NFL and, and concussions and things like that. He's kind of blessed that he didn't really go into it. But now he's the head coach at uh, the high school that he grew up with. I mean, you can't you can't script that, man. I mean, the yeah. dude came up, became a legend, did all the things he did, but minus the NFL career. But he came back. He's coaching his high school team. My other two brothers, my brother, Chris, he's a uh, he played in arena ball. He played for the. Uh, Tampa, Tampa Bay Storm, and he played for the Cleveland Gladiators. My brother Joe played college football at a high level. He was probably the most gifted physically. He's the biggest, strongest, but um, he just didn't have that that killer instinct like the other two. You know what I'm saying? He's more laid back, chill guy. But yeah, sports in our house was just everything, man. I mean, that's all we talked about. But my thing for you is, is like you, you didn't get the, like you say, you didn't hit the genetic gene pool, but your mind, man, I think your mind for sports and for football, especially, bro, like your mind is amazing when it comes to that. You can call out plays before, and I've seen you do this in person. <laughs> like I've seen you do this in person. This is no lie, folks. His mind is is sharp when it comes to this stuff. Like he'll he'll sit there and he'll watch a play unfold before it happens, and he'll call out the play before. And I'll sit back and like, how the hell did he do that? Like your 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 field of vision, and you're not even on the field. My thing is, you know what they say: if you can't do teach. Um, what has kept you from trying to get into that field, man, of coaching, man? Because I think you would do very well in that field. 
Yeah, yeah. And you know what? The thing is, I, I've discussed that with my brother Shaq and, and consider we're in different areas now. My city's a little further away from where he's at. But um, yeah, man, you know, that that was always the number one dream. Like we said before on the other show, you know, I, I have a lot of passions and there's a lot of things that I enjoy to do. Like I love to, I wanted to work for Marvel, man. I love cartoons and comic drawing. I wanted to be a cook and be a chef, an entrepreneur. And sports, though, was always number one. Like, if you, if I could do anything in the world, if I couldn't play sports, it'd be something involved with sports. And, I mean, trust me, I want to be a coach. Don't get me wrong. I love to coach football. Uh, you know, right now, the position I'm in, it's just, you know, finding the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, being able to – I'm going to find the right opportunity. I have a young son now. You know my son, <laughs> obviously. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, Christian yeah. coming up. So, I mean, I, I've been doing coaching with him, coming up Little League stuff, but um, it'll be a time and a place. I think it'll get there. I, I honestly, you know, not too my own horn, I think I could have been a really good coach in, in, in any division just because I, I love the game. I study the game. You know what I'm saying? It's not just – to me, it's, like I said, I love to play, but like you said, it's the, the thinking, the chess, the, the mental chess game in, in, in football when you – know what that person's trying to do and you know their tendencies and you kind of kind of just see it happening before it happens uh you know i trust me i i, I know it's not never too late you know what i'm saying i don't think I, I missed the boat completely but uh i'm gonna get there i'm gonna get there one i mean you might have to start out you know like you say high school or peewee league just to you know yeah. get your feet wet and 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 but i think you have honestly man i think you have the talent for this stuff to call, I mean, like it's amazing, bro. You can call out plays live, live NFL games that we're sitting there watching, and you're calling out plays before it happens. Like you, <laughs> when you see somebody getting ready to jump the line, you'll you'll, you'll call it out. Um, that takes talent, man. That's not something like I, I'm lost when it comes to that. Now, for me, it's baseball. Like if I'm sitting there watching a baseball game, I can tell you, you know, what might end up happening, who they're gonna bring in against who. You know, if they're gonna bring a lefty in against a righty. You know what I'm saying? If they're gonna switch out defensively. Um, because that's my passion been playing baseball since I was young. So, but you have a gift, man, for that stuff, man. And I think you need to cultivate that somewhere, somehow, man. I understand the, the, and I'm in the same boat as you, man, in the, the world we're in right now, it's tough because we have to work to provide for our families. <laughs> you know, I have five kids, you know what I'm saying? You have two with one on the way. So it's like, it's finding that time that we have for the extra stuff, but you know, we got to play the, do our role. We got to play the dad role as soon as we get home. We can't turn it off from work. When we get home, we got to go right up into to taking care of the house. You feel what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the tough part. But I think I, as your son gets older, I think, you know, when he gets into school and you start getting him into sports, you know what I mean? It might be, things might be a little bit more easier for you to find that time to, to start the coaching because that's who you're going to start with anyway. You're going to start yeah. with your son. Yeah. And that's where it is right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to, trying to get him into sports like my father got me into it. You know what I'm saying? It's a little harder with, with my son just because it's just, you know, my, I got my daughter. She's not into sports at all. There's nobody really pushing him, you know, like me. You know what I'm saying? It was me and my brothers growing up. We was always in competition for something, you know what I'm saying? So sports just came natural. For him, you know, he's still head in the clouds. You know, he's five, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, no, nah, definitely, man. Like I said, it, it ain't never been – I ain't never been forgotten. I'm, I'm still right there. I was actually just talking to my brother about a month ago about, you know, getting me on this coaching staff. And he said, he looked at me all like, really? <laughs> he's like, you serious? And I was like, hey, man, because he's like, he's, you know, even though we're brothers, he told me, he's like, I don't want nobody on my, you know, coaching in my, in, you know, having one of my coaches represent me that ain't good. And I looked at him, I'm like, what you mean it ain't good? You know, like, I don't know what I'm doing. 
He said, no, you got to you got to know the system and, and what I'm trying to run. He said, I'll put you in the lower league and, you know, you get your the, the middle schoolers and stuff like that ready to come up to the high school level. And I said, that makes sense. I respect that. You know, but don't get me wrong. I be, t- I be watching his games. I'm like, come on, Shaq. Like, I can tell you what you should be doing. You know, he's my younger brother. He ain't trying to hear it. But, he, uh, you know, my dad be like, you know, Nate, know what he's talking about. So. But that's that's raw passion, though. But that that's what it is. That's that raw passion you have for sports. And this is why I wanted to have this conversation today, man, because, you know, if you this is what I'm talking about when I say we need to we need to fight for our dreams, man. This is something I think that you have a passion for, man. You need to try to explore it at some point. I'm not saying quit your job and go straight head in. I just think it's something that you need to ease into, man. Just like my podcast, man. I, I You know, I'm still working my nine to five. I have to have a family to take care of. But this is something I'm easing into. And, you know, as we go on, you know, everything will get better and crisper. You know, it, everything takes time. And I think you'll find that angle. I mean, you already have your end. Like we talked about two weeks ago on the, on the podcast uh, about how there's no shame in getting doors open for you. You know what I'm saying? If your brother can get your door open for you in the coaching, man, if you can do it, do it. You might have to sacrifice some things to do it. You know, the family might not be a little bit too happy sometimes, but at the end of the day, man, if this is going to get you closer to your dream of coaching at the highest level, why not? Everybody has to start somewhere, bro. Like me, I got to start somewhere with this podcast. I, it's, yeah. I'm in a room right now in my house. You know what I mean? Doing this, what I love to do right now, which is talk to people. Um, but I appreciate you being on the show, man. This is, I mean, this is fun, bro. We, we're going to have to do this uh, more often again, man. Cause this seems like, I mean, we could chop it up and talk all day, different subjects. Um, but the next time we have you on the show, man, we'll, we'll figure something else to, to talk about. It might not be sports related like this one was, but we'll have an enjoyable time, man. And, and people will get to know you a little bit more. And, and the Nate that I know, um, they'll get to know as well. So I appreciate you being on the show, man. And we will see you next time. All right. Thanks folks for tuning in. Appreciate it.